Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both of those is 219greenconnect. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. I am your host, Kathy Sippel, and today I am here kind of in a dual role, to be honest. I am not only the host of 219 Green Connect, but I'm also privileged to be speaking with Jim Poyser, who is my boss. He's the executive director at Earth Charter Indiana, as well as Connie Wachala and Alex Bazan, two Highland residents who I've been working with uh, for the last, some of them longer than the others, uh, the last four months at least, on a very special initiative that we're going to be talking about today. So we have all of them here today, and I figured it would be good just to kind of talk through the story of how today's current project, which is encouraging the region to apply for the Indiana University uh, Resilience Cohort in 2021 as a region, which would be the first effort of that type in the state. Uh, There has been one county that did it, but we would be the first regional initiative. And we are looking to join that cohort so that we can get a greenhouse gas emissions inventory completed in 2021 regionally, and that that would serve as a benchmark to help us improve on whatever that baseline ends up being and come up with some climate action plans as well. So that's a lot. That's the arc of the story that you're going to be taken through. But how do we get from A to Z? I think we're going to start with Jim Poyser and just give a little background on Earth Charter Indiana and a very special event that they've hosted for the past few years called the Climate Leadership Summit, which is where Connie met Jim and learned about some of the tools and resources that Earth Charter Indiana offers. So let's start with you, Jim. Welcome. Thank you, Kathy. Good to be here. Every year, uh, for the past five years, we're coming up on our fifth Climate Leadership Summit, this year virtual. We've held a gathering of mostly municipal officials, uh, mayors, uh, directors of uh, public works. We have firefighters, police chiefs, city planners, engineers, architects, you name it. People that are in city government that have... um, direct contact with potential climate impacts in their community. We have elected officials uh, besides mayors. We have city councilors, we have county councilors, commissioners, sometimes some uh, state house representatives as well. So it's a nice gathering. We also have everyday people, faith leaders, business leaders, environmental activists. But the point is to get together and talk about the reality of what's happening. And the bedrock of our information comes from the Purdue Climate Change Research Center. They've been rolling out a series of reports on um, their website, uh, Indiana Climate, and they're in, um, I think, up to 14 reports now across various sectors of the economy and the environment for Indiana. So we're using a lot of Purdue climate modeling and information. We don't have to get outside the state to get excellent information. It's a trusted brand, uh, Purdue University. So they've been at every single um, climate summit. 
And uh, we've been able to gather uh, elected officials from both parties, Republican and Democrat. And I'm, I'm really, in a way, most proud of our ability to gather people together in a um, context where we're discussing uh, research and best practices in both mitigation and adaptation regarding climate impacts. I'm also very proud that at every single Climate Leadership Summit, we have a youth present. And I don't mean they're just young people there, listening, taking it in. We certainly have that. We have young people that actually do keynote speeches. We had a nine-year-old last year at uh, Goshen College, the location for Climate Leadership Summit 4. Poppy D gave a keynote speech at lunch. So we we um, like to have young people at our summits, and this year at the Climate Leadership Summit 5, we actually have two youth-led sessions, one on first responders and training on climate impacts and another on environmental racism. And uh, so we bring a lot of people together, and for me over the years, really the, the, the best part has been meeting uh, people like Connie, who are looking for some positive, forward-thinking action in their municipality, and thanks to Purdue and Earth Charter's sort of grassroots work, and then the subject of most of our conversation today, the Environmental Resilience Institute at IU, things are really coming together to give clear directives to cities and to counties, and now, in your case, an entire region to actually start working very seriously toward mitigation and adaptation of, regarding climate impacts. Well, thank you for that really wonderful overview. And before I hand it off to Connie, I just want to say I was there myself along with Connie and um, I believe more people than ever who have attended from the region here in northwest Indiana. And one of the people who presented was Nancy Moldenauer, and she had actually been an attendee several years ago. And based on what she learned at that climate summit, she went back to Michigan City where she lives and was able to, along with another, you know, a group of citizens, get a sustainability commission put in place there in, in Michigan City, of which she is now a member. And additionally, they joined the resilience cohort. They, along with Gary, uh, have been the two cities here in northwest Indiana who have already set, you know, a leadership uh, role and are guiding us as a region now into it. So Nancy was a presenter on behalf of the region to talk about their success, and Connie and I both had the privilege of sitting in on her session that she presented along with uh, Steve Perkins. And so, Connie, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience of attending that climate summit and anything else, too, that you feel led you to that next huge action uh, you organized something called a Climate Action Blitz in Highland in February, and it was just absolutely incredible. So if you could just speak to maybe, you know, filling in some of those steps and, and how that momentum uh, took you. Of course. Thank you, Kathy. I'd be happy to. Um, so the Climate Leadership for uh, last year, in 2019, that was something that um, uh, I knew Kathy and knew she was going, and I also knew that Nancy Moldenhauer had gone uh, the year before, maybe two years earlier, and came back to Michigan City and, uh, and led an effort along with other people to, to do a greenhouse gas uh, inventory. Um, so 
um, I went down. With, there were seven of us from Lake and Porter County, uh, and we were wowed. Um, so this was in Goshen. Um, we got to see what Goshen College was doing with solar uh, solar installations. We got to hear the Goshen mayor. We got to hear uh, other mayors as well. There was a mayor from Angola and a, a mayor from Napanee, and um, they spoke about climate initiatives. And um, I got to meet Jim Poyser, um, and I got to hear young people talking about what was happening um, uh, in there. I, I got to hear um, a young woman named Iris talking about what was happening in West Lafayette. So uh, my group of people, we were as excited as could be. We drove home talking about what can we do to bring all this information uh, from uh, IU, um, we heard about the Hoosier Resilience Index, the Environmental Resilience Institute Toolkit that talks about where you can find grants to do environmental uh, projects, um, uh, case studies about um, you know pe what people and communities around the state have been doing. So it was a real eye opener, and so. Um, we, the, the seven of us, um, and Kathy, you were part of that group, uh, got together. We were meeting regularly to discuss what can we do, and that's what we came up uh, when we came up with the idea of a climate action blitz. And the whole idea was we were going to blitz our local elected officials to do something um, uh, about climate action, to do some kind of climate action. And um, what we came up with was a climate action resolution. Uh, and the whole idea of the Blitz was to get you know, a lo local elected leaders to pass a resolution um, before Earth Day. And so we had 65 people sign up. Kathy, thanks to your wonderful ability to, um, to organize and, um, and reach out to people with your skills. And um, uh, uh, those people came from 13 different Northwest Indiana communities in Lake Porter and LaPorte County. And um, Jim Poyser, we invited him to come up from Indianapolis. He was gracious enough to do that. He spoke. We asked Andrea Webster, who um, uh, came up from IU in Bloomington, to come up and speak about what IU was doing. She was gracious enough to do that. And um, at the last hour of that blitz, we had people at tables um, organized by zip code, and uh, we asked people to talk about what they can do to go to their leaders, uh, elected leaders, and uh, ask them to move on this issue. And uh, so we had them exchange contact information and, um, and you know, agree to meet. And that's where I met Alex. Alex was on, um, sat next to me, and... Um, we all were talking. There were about eight of us who had sat at the Highland table, and um, in his quiet, reserved way, he said, oh, I have a background in sustainability. <laughs> and from, from that moment on, he's been the star of our Highland group. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that good setup for Alex. And because he is a bit quiet, I may just brag about him very briefly. <laughs> um, yeah, Alex signed up. Pretty, pretty quick, or you know, right before the thing started, I want to say. And um, I was just so grateful that he sneaked in under the wire to be able to join us because, absolutely, as you say, he has been integral with his background, 
just going to read a real brief bio on him. His background is in environmental sustainability and urban development. He's worked as a researcher, energy analyst, and urban and regional planner. He cares about building communities that are sustainable, just, livable, and resilient. He has too many hobbies to list, so we're not going to go into those right now. He is uh, really believing in this initiative right now because he says, I feel very rightly, that's an easy first step to a sustainable and revitalized region. It challenges us to plan for a more resilient future. So let me hand over the mic to Alex. So Alex, can you tell us a little bit about you know your experience at the Blitz and then also the momentum that picked up based on something that struck in March, right, COVID, it, it shifted our, our momentum or our focus just a little bit to what we're currently work on, working on. So let me let you take it from there, Alex. All right, thanks, Kathy. Um, yeah, very, thank, thank you for the intro. That was um, very flattered. Um, yeah, the, uh, you know, I, I heard about the climate action uh, blitz, um, actually pretty close to the deadline. It's just a, uh, by chance, uh, you know, one of my friends that lives in uh, Highland um, shared uh, the event with me. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, my background's in sustainability. I, I care very deeply about sustainability, um, uh, addressing climate change. Um, so I, I attended that event. And, um, yeah, it was a really uh, excellent event. Um, you know, the, the tables were organized, uh, as Connie was saying, um, by zip code, by community. Um, so, you know, you had Highland in, you know, in one table, Hammond in another table, et cetera. And it was really great to meet folks um, within your own town and, um, you know, get to, get to know them, get to, get to meet them and see, um, you know, what we could do to um, take uh, action on, um, you know, uh, start addressing climate change, starting to be a more uh, green community. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that event, you know, I, I think what was great about it is, you know, it provided various, um, uh, uh, various, uh, you know, different steps that we could take, um, you know, passing, you know, resolutions, uh, uh, you know, uh, Andrea was there talking about the um, resilience cohort. Um, and, um, yeah, so, I, you know, uh, you know, I thought that event was, was, uh, you know, very, uh, very good introduction to meet folks in your community and continue organizing from there. Um, so, uh, you know, the Highland group, um, we were a pretty active group. Uh, we met uh, regularly after this uh, climate action blitz. Um, and, you know, we're really exploring what could we do um, in Highland um, to, you know, make our town and our, you know, our community more green. How can we work with our local elected officials uh, on becoming a more sustainable and resilient community. Um, and, um, you know, as we were exploring that issue, um, COVID-19, um, you know, came into, came, in, came onto the scene and that also um, hampered our ability a little bit. Um, um, you know, in our, in our Highland group, you know, uh, as we were exploring different issues, we, uh, we decided to, um, you know, take up the opportunity that Andrea Webster talked about, which is the resilience cohort. Um, we thought it was a great first step to um, introducing um, a resiliency sustainability um, to uh, local governments. Um, so in this case, Highland and, and different uh, surrounding communities in the Northwest Indiana region. Um, and, you know, our, 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 uh, you know, our strategy was, um, you know, let's, um, let's see how we can, you know, organize Highland and, and help other 
neighboring communities out and trying to apply to the next cohort um, where um, local, um, you know, uh, towns and cities and counties um, could apply to the resilience cohort uh, to complete a greenhouse gas inventory. Um, so Highland was the most active group and, you know, we started to organize, uh, develop um, various materials uh, to, you know, share with um, our local elected officials and, and through that process, um, you know, uh, we thought, well, you know, these are, you know, these are um, really great talking points and, and materials that we, that we have. Let's, um, you know, let's expand this out to neighboring communities. Um, let's share this with, you know, all other communities that are in, in the region. And, um, um, you know, and, and this is, you know, at that moment that, you know, COVID-19 um, came onto the scene, which, you know, hampered our ability to organize. Um, so we went from having in-person meetings um, brainstorming, uh, you know, canvassing, um, you know, um, meeting, um, you know, door knocking uh, to, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, neighbors within our community um, to um, organizing virtually, you know, setting up Facebook pages, having um, conference calls, um, you know, trying to maintain the momentum that um, the Climate Action Blitz provided. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's where, uh, you know, that's kind of where we started. And, you know, since then, um, we, we've uh, collected a lot of momentum, a lot of, you know, we've picked up a lot of speed. We've, uh, you know, gotten um, countless communities involved. And, um, you know, that's kind of uh, where we are right now. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a quick summary of that. Thank you. Can I, can I butt in with just a quick um, breaking news story about the momentum that's been created? <laughs> One of the first things that you did was to create a petition on change.org just to explain this initiative and you know, s signal our elected officials that this was something that citizens care about. And we have been trying to hit that 500 number for some time, and it just happened since we've been on the air. We're at now 504 signatures on our petition. So that's very exciting, and that was a great show of grassroots support for this initiative. The other thing that we've done, and I'm going to go into the details of why we've done this and where this will be applied, but we also started a crowdfunding campaign, again, to show that we have not just signatures, but people are willing to put some of their, their own money behind this initiative. There is a, a very, I think, reasonable cost, a very affordable cost, but there is some cost associated with the program that we are putting forth, part of it is uh, a fee that goes to offset the cost of having an intern. IU is grant funded, and they, they come up with some of the funds to uh, put an intern in place to conduct these greenhouse gas emissions inventory. But each municipality, if they supply um, a contribution toward that suggested amount is $1,500, then they are looked upon a little bit more favorable, favorably because there is a pretty competitive applicant pool, is my understanding. So we just today hit the $1,500 mark. So that's uh, the application fee or the, um, what do I want to say, participation fee from our at least one municipality that we have now contributed as a community, which I think, or as a region, which I think is just amazing. So Alex, you've really dived into the weeds of what is needed and what the breakdown of costs are and how it might look if you know numerous different municipalities are engaged. We also had to look for a regional partner that would uh, submit this application regionally. 
So we are currently underway, you know, making this happen, and we hope that uh, very shortly this will be official. But on September 3rd, next week, members uh, on this call will actually be presenting at the NERPC, which is Northwest Indiana Regional Planning Commission meeting, of their Environmental Management and Policy Committee because each member that, excuse me, each motion that comes before their executive committee needs to be recommended by, you know, a, um, a subcommittee. And so we are starting with the obvious choice, which is the EMPC. So Alex, you've been putting together all kinds of documentation to help those members digest what it is that we're recommending. Do you want to give kind of a summary? And also the recent support that we got from Lake County. You were integral, vital in making that happen. So whatever order you want to cover both of those things would be great. Alex, are you able to speak to sure. those points? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um so um first I wanna I wanna back up a little bit. Um so in previous cohorts that the IU resilience pro uh, resilience uh cohort has um has uh you know participated in um, previous communities have applied on an individual basis. So, um, you know, individual towns, cities, and counties have applied um, to the Resilience uh, Cohort Program. And, um, you know, so in our organizing efforts, you know, one of the things that we explored is um, how, how can we do this regionally? You know, how, how could we apply as a region to this program? Um, you know, is, is there a way where we could combine efforts to apply to the Resilience Cohort um, where, you know, we, you know, you know, we share a lot of, uh, you know, we're connected, you know, very, very much connected as a region. We share a lot of um, data points that um, uh, are needed to complete a greenhouse gas inventory. So it also makes sense um, in that respect. Um, so, um, you know, in our organizing efforts, we were also able to have IU uh, open up to the idea of having a regional partner. And, and this is, you know, this is a new, um, you know, innovative um, concept that um, IU is now offering um, as part of this program. Um, in terms of, uh, um, you know, what communities need to do um, to participate, um, uh, you know, we have, you know, we have, like you said, Kathy, we have different materials um, to, you know, give folks background on this. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, the first thing is um, looking at, uh, you know, passing a, a resolution uh, potentially to getting uh, communities to participate in the Resilience Cohort Program, um, you know, e expressing in that resolution that they're committed to participating, um, and then um, uh, working through uh, NERPC, the Northwest Indiana Regional Planning Commission, um, to uh, facilitate the um, um, application to um, the Resilience Cohort Program. So, um, you know, NERPC, um, you know, we think they're the best fit to um, facilitate um, participation to this program. Um, you know, they're you know they're a, they're a regional body. Um, they represent Lake uh, Porter and Laporte counties and all the communities that exist within those counties. Um, uh, you know, they provide um, you know economic development, um, uh, transportation, environmental policy, and programming. Um, and uh, NERPC has um, uh, in, in their NWI 2050 plan, 
Um, they also express in that plan a lot of the things that, a lot of the objectives that um, the resilience cohort speaks to. For example, uh, maintaining a regional inventory of alternative energy and fuel infrastructure, uh, as well as collecting data on usage and locations, analyzing NWI energy and fuel use and carbon footprint trends, uh, working with university partners on collecting and analyzing data, um, and um, as well as creating a, a resiliency plan for the region. Um, so there's just a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, overlap in terms of the, you know, the aspirations and, and goals that um, NERPC, um, um wants for the region. And and um, and as well, you know, NERPC's expertise applying uh, to, um, you know, applying for grants, um, and, and um, you know, having you know, uh, you know, being a, a an organization that uh, works with a lot of data uh, and has data that um, would um, be needed to complete a greenhouse gas inventory. Um, so all of those things make sense in terms of um, working with NERPC to. Um, be the facilitator uh, uh, of this program in, in order for communities to work with NERPC to participate in the resilience cohort. Um, so, um, you know, I think the first steps would be um, passing a resol resolution um, uh, that expresses that, um, you know, they, they're committed to participating in the resilience cohort program, um, that they would like to work with NERPC in, in that participation process. Um, the resilience cohort application um, typically opens around um, October, um, and so we're hoping that um, NERPC would be able to apply on behalf of those um, communities that have committed to participating at that time. Uh, the deadline to participate in this program is in December, um, and, um, and uh, so this program, you know, when you apply, you would be um, participating in this program in the summer of 2021. Um, so that's you know, that's a quick, uh, you know, quick overview of, of sort of next steps for communities to participate. Um, there's a cost associated with participating in this program. So there's an inventory uh, platform fee. So this is the, this is the inventory that um, houses the greenhouse um, gas inventory data. Um, uh, those costs, uh, so for communities that are, uh, have a population size greater than 50,000, uh, that cost would be uh, $300, uh, $300 um, per community. And for communities that have a population size below 50,000 in population, um, that would be a $200 um, cost per community. Um, in addition, there's, uh, you know, as we talked about, there's also an additional cost if communities um, would like to apply and, uh, and um, apply to the intern program, in internship um, program, uh, of the resilience cohort where an intern um, can assist in, uh, 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 in completing the greenhouse gas inventory. Um, it's, a, it's a highly recommended um, uh, option for communities because it reduces the, um, the amount of uh, work that a, you know, a local government staff member would otherwise um, dedicate to completing uh, the uh, inventory. Um, that cost, um, it, you know, as we mentioned, is uh, $1,500 per community. Um, the benefit of applying as a region is that for every, um, you know, for every two interns uh, as a region, uh, you can complete um, five inventories. So um, that, you know, that um, ratio um, that 
you know, is in the offerings for a regional um, regional inventory uh, as a you know as a regional applicant allows us to cover more communities and um, share um, costs um, for the uh, uh, you know the intern contribution um, that communities would you know would pay. Um, so you know instead of having individual communities uh, you know contribute the suggested contribution amount for that intern program, which is fifteen hundred dollars. Um, five communities could uh, cost share that amount um, for two interns, and and um, and that would result in uh, $600 per community um, uh, to um, uh, you know have you know an, inter an inventory done for them. So at the end of the day, Thank you're you. looking um, per community uh, uh, of uh, 800 to $900. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. That was a lot that you have graciously put together on behalf of our group. It, it was really, uh, you know, granular analysis that he had to do and a lot of uh, patient waiting for all of this to come together. We have less than a minute left, so I would otherwise let Alex continue, but I just want to make sure that people know where they can go to get more information and to reach out to us if this is something that you want to participate in. The group actually has their own website. It's nwiregionresilience.org and you can click the Get Involved uh, little chat bot down in the lower right, and you can also sign the petition there. You can find out how to make a donation. But if you do the Get Involved, you can let us know what type of a role you would like to play or what your next questions would be, and we can take it from there. Um, we have had some recent success with Lake County. Both the uh, county council and the commissioners passed it. We're now looking for people who can do outreach in Porter and LaPorte County level, particularly. And that's the end of our time. <laughs> I'm Kathy Sipple, your host with 219 uh, Green Connect, and really want to thank our guests today. I hope this is something that moves you to get involved. We are at the beginning, but a lot of the legwork has been done, and a lot of it has been done by the people on this call. Alex and Connie especially want to give you kudos as volunteers and really getting Lake County involved in a big way. So thank you. That is all the time that we've got for today. But stay tuned for a follow-up episode. We'll have more after our meeting with Derpsy next week. Thank you so much.